0: Aaron Rodgers is back. We know that. But what does the contract look like? Much better, at least early, than we thought it might. But what does it mean for Jordan Love? We get into it all. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. To do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Pop! Every day. Touchdown. Welcome the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Aaron Rodgers is back. We knew that. Aaron Rodgers is back on a deal that for the first three years will pay him $50 million per season on average. We're not even going to dive into some of the stuff that I got into on Twitter. Uh, frankly, I just don't think it's useful. It's not really what this show is generally about or for. He said it wasn't going to be $50 million, said that was categorically false. That turned out to be Uh, true, categorically true. Um, And as I have said, I've made my position on this very clear. Don't say it's not about the money when it's about the money. This was about the money. And the way you know that it's about the money is because this was a historically big deal. And the Packers did get creative. They created low base salary. In fact, basically no base salary in 2022. Loaded guaranteed money signing bonus that they can spread out so that the the signing bonus lowers the cap hit each of the next two years. He's going to be 30 or under each of the last the next two years on the cap. And then if he wants to play in 2024. He can. There's a trigger option in there that they can use to spread out money further and then. Because of the way that this is all looking, the cap hits get monstrous after that. If Aaron Rodgers wants to keep playing, he can either, they can essentially tear up that deal. They're called dummy years for a reason. They, they're not void years, they're placeholders. They're places to just shove money into. Okay. So from that standpoint, what the Packers have done here is try and have the best of both worlds. Aaron, You want to play two more, maybe three more years, then the deal has to be set up so that if you decide you only want to play two more years, there has to be a mechanism that allows the money to make sense for all of us. What I think people sometimes forget is the cap hit number is not the amount of money that the player gets. The cap number is fake. It's fake. It's accounting. The ca- the real cash flow, all of the guaranteed at signing money, the signing bonus money, Rogers gets, okay? And then any money after that, so these, these option bonuses that the Packers have built into the contract in later years, they can convert them to signing bonus and spread them out over the remaining years of The contract. They did it with David Bakhtiari. They did it with Kenny Clark. They did it with Aaron Jones. They put bonuses in the deal in future years, knowing specifically that these deals are going to have to get reworked, that they're going to have to get restructured. So that is more cap work that the Packers are going to have to do. This was not a Aaron Rodgers took less thing. We need to be very clear about that. There was no sacrifice from Aaron Rodgers on this. We we do not need to paint him as magnanimous for having a low cap hit. The low cap hit has nothing, nothing to do with the amount of money Rodgers is going to get. He's still getting all the money and he's still getting all the money Right now, basically. So, Rogers didn't take less. Let's—he didn't, okay. And and again, that's not the, that's not the point of this. The point of this is, the Packers saved eighteen million dollars on the cap based on what the old number was going to be. It goes from forty-six to twenty-eight. That eighteen million dollar savings is enormous when the Packers are dealing with a budget shortfall the way that they are. Now, they still need to clear by today at 4 East. They still need to clear over $6 million. I think it's almost $7 million just to get cap compliant. They can do that with a Jair Alexander extension. They can do that with a Randall Cobb release. My expectations of what's going to happen there. He is going to get cut. They are going to bring him back at a lesser number. I think they're going to immediately try and find the cap savings so that they can be cap compliant when the new league year starts. And then they'll bring him back when you have a little bit more leeway to fudge it. So that that gives them some space. My expectation is that Randall Cobb will be released, but will be brought back. What happens with Russell Douglas? There was some reporting late on Tuesday night that the Packers' interest had waned a little bit in recent days. Uh, and and that is money-related. Part of that is Devondre Campbell signed. It wouldn't be surprising at all if the Packers said, we could only pick one. It was either Russell or Devondre. And the guy who got his money is the guy. The guy who signs first. I mean, maybe maybe that was maybe they told them that. Maybe that was game theory for them. The old prisoner's dilemma with the contract negotiations. But instead of, well, is that guy telling on me, it's, oh, is that guy signing a contract? Is he taking less? Well, wait, if he's taking less, maybe I should take less. And maybe that's how the Packers got Devondre Campbell to sign a deal that really, for an all-pro linebacker, was below market. Now the years. He traded some, some security for perhaps a little less money. But that that could be how this went down for the Green Bay Packers. And, and frankly, that would be a savvy way to have handled it. Or they were negotiating with both and they were trying to get the deals done as fast and as efficiently as they could. And they didn't get the Douglas deal done in time. And now they're short on money because they thought they would get a Devontae Adams deal done. They could still get a Devontae Adams deal done. I don't expect it to happen. I expect more likely it, it gets done before the draft. So the Packers know, you know, what kind of what kind of shape they have to be in going into the draft at receiver. But they could also wait until the deadline in the summer. I don't expect them to do that. The reports right now are that that Devontae is not happy about where the, the two sides are. That is to be expected. That is to be expected. So this Rodgers deal provides a lot of cap flexibility for the Packers in the short run. It is this year. It is next year, and when the cap explodes in 2023, we'll see what the cap number is in 2024. We don't have right now the the very specific details. Some of the numbers that are out there um, are are just like wrong, which is weird. Um, people, you know, like re, like real bona fide reporters putting stuff out there that is just like. Provably not not feasible. Like like that doesn't make any sense uh, based on based on what we know for sure. So um, let, I'm trying to be careful about all of this because we don't know for sure all of the little details and and the mechanisms here. What we know is the money is on the salary cap lower early on. It explodes late or could explode late, but they have mechanisms to lessen that. And then we'll see if if he does end up retiring after 23 or 24, they could post June 1 that retirement, but they still have to be cap compliant. Post June 1 the retirement does not change the fact that they still have to be cap compliant. So they save the money, but you still have to figure out what's going on with your finances in the short run. This is the window. It's 2022, it's 2023, and you hope for 2024. After that, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that that is, and, and Brian Gutekind mentioned this. He said they, they're they looking at a three-year window. Now, I speculated that year one of that three-year window was 2021 when they did all of the shenanigans that they did just to get that situation worked out while Rodgers was trying to figure out his future. Now that Rodgers' future is ironed out, We also, I think, have some clarity about what he wanted all along. It is the case, you know, because if if Rogers had complained about not having long term security and then come back and signed a two year deal, that's really a one year deal. And then if he wants to play a second year, it would have been easy to point to the hissy fit from last offseason and say, well, that was disingenuous because he didn't really want to play long term. No, it seems like. He feels like he can play three, four, five more years. If that's the case, then you you understand better what he was so frustrated about. He felt like he could still play at a high level. The Packers were not giving him the sort of assurances that he was looking for. And he's going, wait, what the heck? What the heck? I think that's that's pretty understandable, right? So I think this puts a lot of that into context as well. This has trickle-down effects for the rest of the roster. We're going to talk about those coming up in just a second. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it's the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got these new things that if you haven't tried, you have to. Built Puffs, protein-infused marshmallow, and then covered in chocolate. Like, are you serious? And one of the flavors, churro, unbelievable. Coconut marshmallow. Also a personal favorite of mine. All these bars, low calorie, high in fiber, high in protein, low in net carbs. You you won't believe it until you taste them for yourself. So to do that, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So this, I think, raises important questions about the future of Jordan Love. Because... At the very, very, very least, Rodgers is the quarterback in 2022 and 2023. Well, by next year, by next year, the Packers have to decide on the fifth-year option for for Jordan Love. And that will be a big number. They are not going to want to pay Jordan Love's fifth-year option and the Aaron Rodgers cap and it becomes even more complicated if Rodgers decides to retire after two seasons because then all of that dead money accelerates onto the cap so even if it, even if the cap goes way up this becomes problematic for the packers and their finances and we will not have seen Jordan Love with any sort of regularity so what what are they really basing this assessment on? Some practice reps, generally speaking, that's not enough. So, what makes the most sense is, as we've discussed on the show, to trade him now. And one of the reasons why you trade him now is you say, okay, whatever depressed value you're getting from the limited NFL sample size, he played you know a half against um, the Lions, he played. Uh, about a quarter against the Saints, and he played the full game against the Chiefs. That almost two-game sample size did not produce spectacular results. There's some really good stuff from the preseason. He looked really good against the the Texans, I thought. He looked pretty good against the Bills, and that was the number one defense. He's playing with Malik Taylor uh, in that game and, and Reggie Bagleton. Those are his number one receivers against Trey Trey White and and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and all those dudes. And they move the ball every drive. I don't think most teams should be changing their evaluation of Jordan Love from the draft. So even if you you thought he was a late first early second, you think you think Jordan Love got overdrafted. You know what the talent is or at least we have a we 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 saw in college a glimpse of what the talent was and what it could be the physical gifts in there are considerable and i think mentally he's shown a lot of progress a lot of growth he consistently finds the right guys gets through his progressions quickly and gets the ball to the right receiver even if it's not always the right place There's still some footwork stuff to iron out, some ball placement stuff to iron out. But there are plenty of teams out there that need a young, cheap option. And whatever value you're losing by having, you know, just sort of less than stellar tape on on actual NFL games, you gain to a certain degree because he has two cheap years left. Before you have to do that fifth year option. Now that decision has to be made. But you're still only paying him. For the next two years. Including this 2022 season. That lower amount. That has value too. And so Deshaun Watson is still out there. The ickiness of that notwithstanding. A team is going to trade for him. It's probably going to be Carolina. And. That is going to leave a lot of teams wondering what the situation is with their quarterback. And so I I put together a little experiment, right? I I thought, okay, who are the teams that either have quarterbacks that we just accept are bad or, and in some cases, have quarterbacks who were drafted recently and maybe we don't know for sure what they are, but that Jordan Love was a better prospect. In some cases, it's both. So the Seahawks, they have no one. They have Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Drew Locke, yes, he has more NFL tape, but that that's also bad for him because he's had more time to prove that he's just not good. We, we know right now, Drew Locke, what he is. Right now. Now, it doesn't mean he can't get better, but he had plenty of time the last two seasons to show some progress. He hasn't shown much. There's plenty of tape out there on him. The numbers are bad. The consistency is bad. The accuracy is bad. The decision-making is bad. The talent is good. Jordan Love, I liked better as a prospect. Right now, I would take Jordan Love, and it's not close. So Seattle, Baker Mayfield sends out the SOS signal last night. Maybe he could be an option for Seattle. But if I'm Seattle and I can't get Deshaun Watson, Jordan Love is a young quarterback who's going to come in and do what Pete Carroll asks him to do. He's going to run the offense, run the ball, hard play action, shot plays, and he's going to run around and fix it when he has to. It It's kind of the perfect marriage in a lot of ways because they're going to be run heavy enough that you know, you're know you not going to rely on Love too, too much too soon and you have these receivers who can do the things that Jordan loves ball placement and arm talent match with and now they're flush they're flush with picks to just take flyers I mean why not if you can't get Deshaun Watson I don't know I mean I at this point what is the appeal of Baker Mayfield we've seen it I had a higher grade pre-draft on Jordan Love than Baker Mayfield. I didn't see it with Baker Mayfield. I did not understand why he was the first overall pick. I didn't like it. And so far, I was right. At least on the Baker part of it. We'll see about the Jordan Love part of it. New Orleans, we know the situation there. It's Ian Book and Taysom Hill. If they can't get Deshaun Watson, no team needs a cheap option at quarterback more than the Saints. I think he's a great fit with Pete Carmichael and that offense. The problem is that offense doesn't have anybody. Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended to start the season. So that's suboptimal for Jordan Love, but really good for the Saints because they need the cheap options. They need the cheap quarterback because they're going to do the the shenanigans everywhere else on the roster. It's a really good defense. You'll get Kamara back at some point. And then if you can add a pass catcher or two in the draft... It's it's a team that is not going to be a Super Bowl contender in 2022, but by 2023, 2024, you might really have something there. And there, there's enough young talent on that on that roster that I think you can justify that. Even if they have to lose Taron Armstead, they don't have to give up Ryan Ramcheck and a bunch of picks to get Deshaun Watson on a team that I still don't think even with Deshaun Watson would be a competitor, a, a contender, let's say. It's not going to happen, but the Lions, for obvious reasons... Philly is an interesting one. I don't think they're going to do it. Jalen Hurts has... has. I don't want to say he's shown enough because I don't think he has. Jordan Love, a better prospect than Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts just took them to the playoffs. And I I, I guess I don't see for them, you've got two young guys. The Is the marginal a difference in the way that they're viewed as prospects? Uh, worth upsetting the apple cart and, and setting back Jalen hurts development for me, it would be because I didn't, I don't actually think that they were that close as prospects. I thought Jalen Jalen hurts was um, not even close to as good as Jordan love coming out, but I don't think Philly would, would do something like that. Now this was suggested to me um, by Jen Curtin, although it was on my list when I went, when I went over it on Twitter, the giants, I know they just, they just signed to Rod Taylor they have Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is not good. And Teron Taylor is a bridge quarterback. This is not a team in a position to benefit from a bridge quarterback. And it doesn't seem like they're going to they're gonna draft a quarterback in this draft, a draft class that does not have any high-level quarterbacks in it. So why not Jordan Love? Again, they need a cheap option at the position. Let them come in and compete, and you have... Taylor, who is just like the the, the veteran that you have in, in the room to help the other guys out. Or maybe he wins the starting job. He's probably the best option, that's, but that's probably not why they they brought him in. We know the case for Indy. The problem is they don't have a lot of draft capital, and they have said that they're not interested. Now, they were also the first team and only team to come out and say, we're not interested in Jordan Love, which is telling me things. They doth protest too much. Why come out and say we're not interested in Jordan Love? They don't have to say anything. Why? Leverage? No, no, we're not interested. We'll we'll call on something else maybe. Yeah, okay. Cleveland now? Baker Mayfield seems to think his time in Cleveland has come to an end, even if Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback of the team next year I think Jordan Love makes a lot of sense. You don't want to have to pay Baker Mayfield. So, you trade him, you get you get Jordan Love and you go from there. You 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 try and find some upside there. Either it's it's either really good and it works out or it doesn't. You fail and you get a high pick and you start this over. I think think Cleveland is is patient, and I think that they realize that Baker Mayfield, this brain trust, is not it, and you need to find someone that has those elite-level tools. Baker just doesn't. Does Jordan Love? I don't know what they thought of him pre-draft. We'll see, but I I think that makes sense. Houston also makes sense. Davis Mills, I thought, played. He was honestly one of the better young rookie quarterbacks last year. I thought he was better than Kyle Wilson. Zach Wilson. I thought he was better than Justin Fields. Uh, I thought he was better than Trevor Lawrence. Even if I think Trevor Lawrence is much, much more talented, I think Justin Fields is probably much more talented um, physically anyway. But Davis Mills played played pretty decent. I don't think they would move on from from him so quickly. He was a second-round pick, I believe but Jordan love. I had a much higher grade on coming out of the draft. And then Carolina, who is the, the, to me, the favorite to land to Sean Watson, but it would make a lot of sense. You, you gave up assets to get Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, a lot of the same criticisms that Jordan love had as a prospect coming out, except he's shown a lot more in the NFL that he's just that guy. Whereas we don't know about Jordan love. You're, you're paying for a little bit of mystique and upside. So I think I think those are those are your options. And by the way, I just named what, a, a third of the league, a quarter of the league. So I think there are plenty of opportunities here. And I wouldn't be surprised if if the Packers are able to find a trade partner here. I really wouldn't. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, what's next? Well, the new league year starts today, all the deals are official as of the new league year, or can be made official. As of now, everything is just agreed to terms. Everything becomes official, official. Coming up here at four. The Packers still have to get cap compliant. Jair Alexander. We know that that's being discussed. The The deadline could spur an action with Devontae Adams. They could make that happen, but that does, they seem to be pretty far apart on that one seems like Mason Crosby is staying with the team. I think Randall Cobb is the way to do it. You can essentially erase the gap that you need to close with Randall Cobb. And then in a day or two or whenever you need it, you can re-sign him. He's going to be patient. Rogers, I'm sure, got the team's word that they would do that as part of these negotiations. If if that is, in fact, the case and, and it was reported right from Cobb, not even sources, it was from Randall Cobb. He expects to be back, just not on the deal that, that he's currently on. So they can get cap compliant that way. The question is, then how do you get under far enough to do a thing like keep Russell Douglas? How do you get under far enough to add to this roster if you are, in fact, able to do that? Those are questions that right now we don't have intuitive answers for. Now, they can still move more money, but Devontae Adams, that is a big weight on their salary cap right now. They can can change it, a new deal for him, and they're under the cap. And then you add the Randall Cobb money, and now you have money, you have a buffer, and you have money for Russell Douglas. Maybe you do something with Dean Lowry. You do something um, with, with Kevin King. It doesn't really save you much. So there are dominoes to fall here, but not a lot. Now, they can still clear some some more space if they need to. Um, and and we'll see what they're able to do with the Devontae Adams deal. If they can get that done, it would be nice to get that done sooner rather than later. So that you can play in the free agent pool. Now, they're, they're going to be second wave guys anyway. Packers are, generally speaking, second wave guys. They have been... The last couple years they found the Rick Wagners and the Dennis Kellys later in the process, the Devondre Campbells. I mean, heck, that was June, July. That was post-draft. Russell Douglas, same thing. So they I'm sure they trust their scouts to make this all work. But you know, if you could get a Will Fuller, if you could get an Allen Robinson, and now that you have Aaron Rodgers and the whole world, this is this is. Important, and the whole world knows that he's he's in Green Bay for multiple seasons. It's this year, next year, and probably the year after that. It is so much easier for someone like Devonte Adams or Allen Robinson or even a Will Fuller to say, "Well, if Rogers is going to be there a couple of years, then maybe on a prove it deal, I can get signed back, and I know that that deal is cap friendly next year too." So these are these are all related and I'll just, it, uh, don't expect big names to come in. I mean, don't expect Allen Robinson, don't expect Will Fuller, but don't rule it out either. I think that that what Russ Ball has shown, what Brian Gudekinst and, and the Brain Trust has shown is, is they can be trusted to figure this stuff out. They put together elite rosters the last couple of years and we have no reason to believe they will not do it yet again. All right, a lot to come still this week. Enjoy the uh, NCAA basketball coming up the next couple of days, but we will still be here doing what we do every day follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts. wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 stay locked on packers